Hello, Misfits, and welcome back to another week of the podcast. I am Georgie Paul. I will be your host, as always. And this week, we have an incredible interview with someone very near and dear to my heart, very special to me. Her name is Sandra, and she has been an incredible friend and someone that I've looked up to as a mentor, not only in business. She's built an incredible business from absolutely nothing. She comes from Spain and with her husband and her kids, she's built an incredible life financially, but just who she is as a person. I interviewed her husband a couple weeks ago, Wib. If you enjoyed that conversation, if you haven't checked it out, we talked all about money and money management and it was really helpful for me. They're just two people that I adore so much. And with this conversation with Sandra, we talked a lot about her journey and changing her life. It's very inspiring. Uh, She shares different ways that she did that, but also just being a woman in general, being a mom, like all the hats that we wear. One of my favorite things that she said in this interview was, you know, I am a, I am a mother, I'm a wife, but that is not all that I am, and I'm a person first, and we kind of went into that conversation, and it was super value, valuable for me. I absolutely enjoyed it, and I think that you will too. So enjoy this interview with my friend Sandra. If you love it, if it gives you value, if you could share it with your friends, just send the podcast link share it on your social media, on a status or a story, really helps get the word out. And I appreciate you so very much. Let's get into the interview. Hello, Sandra. Hey. How are you? Very good. Okay, so why don't you first introduce yourself a little bit and tell them about you. Well, and my name is Sandra. I'm 43 years old. Okay. And I'm originally from Spain. I live in the... Uh, Cleveland area. We moved here almost nine years ago. Me, my husband, and my two kids at the time. And we came because we were looking for a better opportunity. At that time in, I don't know if you know, you're too young, (laughs) Georgie, to remember maybe. But at that time, the entire world, you know, was living in like a financial crisis. It's about 2008. Yeah. So due through those circumstances, uh, the family company that we had in Spain was running into problems. So they decide we decided to close it to start over Mm -hmm. uh, with uh, two kids at the time to to start from zero and to provide for our kids at least the same life that we had, you know, when Mm -hmm. we were kids. So was Spain, the same opportunity. Spain was getting really bad then? Yes. The unemployment rate at that time was like close to 32%. So it was it was really bad. I mean, what it would mean for us to look for a job that would pay for our bills and, you know, to make, not just make the living, would mean that I would have to leave our, my hometown. And at that time, I thought, well, if I'm going to leave my hometown, I better go to the land of opportunities, which is United States. Mm-hmm. And since my husband is American, we started the process for my paperwork to come here, mm-hmm. my citizenship, not my citizenship, my green card, my mm-hmm. resident permanent, the permanent, uh, permanent resident. So we started the process and that's why we came. Did you speak English when you came? Yes, because at the age of uh, 16 years old, my parents, because I was, um, I wanted to, 
improve my English at the time, mm -hmm. they sent me to the United States. Mm -hmm. I came here the first time with 16 years old as a senior in my, my senior year in high school. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I love it. And that's what I'm talking about, about the opportunities. The opportunities that were given to me as, as you know, uh, one kid of four, you know, the oldest one. And my parents always provide for us, you know, mm -hmm. not just to the basic, but beyond. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do the same. I wanted to have the same for my kids. Mm -hmm. And that's why we, we moved here. So what was the first thing you did when you guys came here? Well, um, we really... We have a Spanish expression that is to make another hole in your belt. Okay. What means is like, so we came pretty much with the intention of um, saving as much money as we could because at that time we did, we decided to keep our home in Spain okay. because the market was really bad. Okay. So in terms for us to sell that house, we will lose money. Big loss. Yeah. Yes. So we decided to keep it. Keep it. And at the same time, we were starting here from zero. Mm -hmm. So we literally came with uh, four suitcases, the two, one for each of the kids and one for Webb and me, and with clothes for that winter. And we were not prepared for the winter here. <laughs> <laughs> so we came literally with nothing. And so, you came to Cleveland? Yes, to actually we moved into Twinsburg. Mm -hmm. And at that time, uh, Webb's sister had a job. We see offered him a job. So it was like we, we didn't start from zero. We had that job that kind of like secure our present here. Mm -hmm. And what we start doing is like saving every penny because again, we had the mortgage in Spain. We were looking for a house here and think about this. Our credit history was zero in the United States because for the last changes. Change. Exactly. Uh, because we had built his credit history till he moved to Spain. We lived there for 10 years. So in order for us to even buy a house or think about buying a house, I mean, our, our options were very limited by our budget and by our credit history, so. Did you stay with the sister? Yes, there? actually we did. We lived with uh, as in his oldest sister and, his, and her family for almost five months. Okay. Yes, so and, and thank goodness they, they opened their house to us and, and, and that's one of the most important things that we value in our, for with mind, you know, the family, and mm -hmm. the family we both have, you know, that always support us and help us in every possible way. Yeah. So is that the job that he stayed at for a long time? Yes, he worked in that, um, at that job for, see, he quit it almost four years ago, it's gonna be next year. Oh, that so, was the same, he kept the same Yeah, job. he kept the same job because, you know, it was pretty pre, uh, pretty flexible, mm -hmm. and he liked it. And was working for for his sister. You know, he was he almost felt like he was working that he it was a company of his own. At the end, it's like a family business. Yeah. So he he liked it, and and he felt that he was you know contributing to that growth. Mm -hmm. But eventually, our other business with Herbalife grew so much and was fulfilling him so much more in so many other ways that it was just a matter of you know, keep doing what you're doing best and what makes you happy and, and mm -hmm. put all the apples in one basket because that basket is going to work. I mean, actually, <laughs> it did work. Right. So the, how old were your boys? So when we moved to the United States, my oldest was eight years old. Mm -hmm. He um, did second grade, the first grade he moved, he started, when we moved, he was 
in second grade, mm -hmm. and Benjamin was in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And Nina was not... And say how long until you had Nina? Uh, the next April. So pretty soon after we moved here, we find out that I was pregnant. Oh, really? Yes, it was so totally... So five months and you found a house to buy? Yes. So we found the house. I was already pregnant. So that really, I think, it pushed the process. Yeah, we got to get out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, like, you need to find your own spot. I feel mm -hmm. like, you know, I love to stay with them and everything. But at that time, between the pregnancy and between, like, you know, I want a space of my own. Yeah. I was like, uh, this baby's going to pop out and I, I need to have a home. Mm -hmm. And we found a beautiful house in, in Twinsport, not the house that I love to. But again, again, was a house that I could afford at the time. Of course. Yes. And and did you stay home with the kids? Yes, at the beginning, yeah. uh, I did. Actually, I was pregnant with Nina. And mm -hmm. my last pregnancy, I had um, my two boys, and then I have a miscarriage between Benjamin and Nina. Mm -hmm. And this pregnancy, the one with Nina, I don't, I don't know why, why, but it was totally different from the other two. Where like I was super tired all the time. Uh, my my uh, my leg like here the ankle song like it, I was swollen all the time. I got turn of uh, turn of uh, carpal, carpal tunnel. tunnel. Mm -hmm. So I was in pain, mm -hmm. pretty much like like the whole pregnancy. So you know what's weird is people say that if they have one sex of a baby and then they had like they had boys and they had a girl, their pregnancies are completely different. Totally. So maybe it had something to do with yes. But I also could say that between Benjamin and Kenneth. I mean, yeah. I thought. I didn't want, we didn't want to find out the sex of the baby during the pregnancy. We waited till the end. Mm -hmm. And I could swear that Benjamin was a girl because the pregnancy itself was so different than Benj than Kenneth, you know, mm -hmm. than the oldest. So, no, but definitely Nina's pregnancy was so much difficult in terms of physically for me. I put the most weight and I don't want to blame it on the baby because at the end it was me eating yeah. more. Do you think With, that you were, how did it affect you to have that miscarriage? Do you think that it caused? I, that miscarriage, I mean, now looking at, you know, from the perspective of time, I think it wasn't meant to be. And at that time, in our lives, was we're under a lot of stress. It was before we moved here, mm -hmm. the companies and the company, the family company was, um, business was shutting down. And for me, it was a very, very stressful time. So... I don't want to say it was because of this or that, but it was because it wasn't meant to be. So, yeah. but then I have beautiful Nina. Yeah. And that pregnancy was so different. I stay home. I stay home to take care of the other two, but at the same time, because I didn't know what to do with myself, mm -hmm. pretty much. Mm -hmm. I didn't find myself going to find a job. Yes, I, we need. We knew that we needed another job, like I needed to work. Mm -hmm. So eventually, uh, after I have Nina, my sister-in-law again, you know, she was she could use some extra help. So I start doing part time for her mm -hmm. from home, mm -hmm. which allowed me to take care of Nina and yeah. to make some extra income from the house. So mm -hmm. that was very, again, very helpful and very thoughtful of her to think of me to do that job. Did you enjoy it? No. <laughs> <laughs> And you said you started gaining weight with your pregnancy? Yes. Did you struggle with it after still? Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I could remember myself like over... I mean, think that I left by choice. I left everything in Spain. Mm -hmm. Not only my house, my family, my friends, my lifestyle. Yes. Everything that I have knew my entire life, mm -hmm. 
it was there. And here I move uh, to be a housewife, mm-hmm. uh, stay on, uh, stay on, to stay in home mom. Yeah. And it wasn't by choice. It was by choice, but it wasn't what I would choose. Did you feel like you had some depression during that time? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of sad yeah. that I left all those things again by choice and because I wanted to. Yeah. I would never sacrificing have... for yes. what you wanted. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to to do a, a better living for my kids, and and I took that as as, as the pay, the price to pay, you know, knowing that I will find a way to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Like so, I cannot name it like a depression, but yes, it was not a beautiful time in my life. But I knew that I was gonna come out of it. You knew that it was temporary. Yeah. Yes. Where do you think that mindset came from? The optimist. I think that that runs in my veins because of my mom and my dad. Yeah. You know, we they're are optimistic. People. Yeah. I mean, my family has been entrepreneur entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and have been f- people that have overcome um, challenges. And I'm not talking about just financial challenges, but you know, health challenges. Yeah. In a way, where like you know, always look at the positive side. Always yeah. look at the bright side. Mm-hmm. Uh, of everything because at the end everything passes yeah everything goes and they from say, everything you learn what is it um this too shall pass always mm-hmm. yeah yeah so before we start recording we were talking about i asked you what is something that you are super passionate about and we started talking about uh you started talking about having not losing yourself so you become a wife and a mom and you know you started to lose the process of the process of starting to lose weight um so what what was that shift for you that you realized like you need to make yourself a priority and not start losing yourself in everything else because I was not at my best of everything else but I'm passionate about so mm-hmm. I realized that you know I didn't know at the time I didn't know how to put it in words but you are being you first, you know, liking you first, taking care of you first will make everything else better. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the power of our thoughts. And my thoughts at the time were like, it started from the beginning of like looking myself in the mirror and not liking what I, what I look. Mm-hmm. So how I'm going to communicate with my kids mm-hmm. if the communication within my head was not right. Mm-hmm. Or how I'm going to communicate with my husband when he comes from work. Do you think I'm going to communicate with him in a very positive way if I'm not happy with myself? In that I feel frustrated, I feel tired. Mm-hmm. I, uh, no. So I, I realized without realizing that mm-hmm. everything had to start with me. Yeah. You know, taking care of me and changing me and helping my, myself first to be able to help my kids and raise my kids and support my husband and be there for my husband as well as he has to be with me. So this has been about five years, right? Mm -hmm. Since you kind of started doing that. So what are the things that you started doing and shifting? Five years is gonna be eight years. Eight years since you started doing that? November 4th is when I made a swift of like, I'm gonna take care of myself. Okay, so tell me about that. Uh, so it was when I started the weight loss process, mm-hmm. you know, and at that time it was a, des- it was a tough decision because again, it was not just a, a decision of like, okay, I'm going to lose this weight. That is the first thing that I have to uh, tackle mm-hmm. in order to like myself. Feel like yourself again. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I lost myself. Like I, I was like 
wearing literally uh, sweatpants and, swe and sweaters, oversized clothes to, to cover me up and hide me up. Mm -hmm. And I, that wasn't me. That has never been me. Right. So the, the weight was number one. But in order to do that, I started this uh, weight loss program mm -hmm. um, that required me for me, you know, to make an investment of mm -hmm. money. And I look at it from, from, even then, I look at it as an investment uh, thing, you know, like mm -hmm. I didn't see it as an expense or anything because it was an investment in myself. Yeah. But we didn't see it that way. Mm -hmm. Sure, because at the time, I mean, our, our, our economic means were very, 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 very tight, mm -hmm. you know, like we were like to the, to the cent content. But you could see the value in investing in taking care of yourself. Totally. Mm -hmm. And because of that value, and not only the value, I took the responsibility of that money well spent. You know yes. what I mean? Like I put the... You were going to take the product. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? I was going to be like, oh, I have... It's like having money in your hand. I'm just throwing it out the trash. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that option. I couldn't allow myself to do that when... Then I was crying when I would have to replace the glasses for my kids or I have mm -hmm. to buy them shoes, you know, what? and then I'm going to do the other thing. I'm going to go to waste with my program and my goals. No. So I took very serious the, the, the weight loss journey and I was very committed and I, I, I lost a very significant amount of weight within three months mm -hmm. and that was like the beginning. You just started feeling better or what totally. was that? Like that was like a, 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 a swift in so many ways just you know feeling better like just to get ready in the mornings you yeah. know i would do it with another energy i would just get dressed and and maybe put some makeup on just because mm -hmm. i feel like doing it where before it was like getting through the day yeah 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 so what are the next you know you i i know because i've been here and seen but so it's like one baby step of losing the weight and then gives you the confidence to you know, start working out or reading or like, what does your journey look like as far as like really taking care of yourself and where are you at now? Like, what are all the things that you do now to make sure that you make yourself a priority? Exercise is number two. And I think that it's still, you know, uh, it's, it's a never ending story of a <laughs> thing that, right. you know, you try to accommodate mm -hmm. with no excuses. Mm -hmm. And that to me, I started like, when I started losing the weight, uh, the only exercise that I committed during those three months when I lost the vast majority of the weight was just take, going for a walk. I love that. Yeah. I love that because a lot of people that I work with, they're like, I just can't even imagine. And it's like, you don't have to. The process is, you know, the, what you're eating is so important. And then you, you have to do that first. And then you can start walking. And you have to walk before you're jogging or before you're running or before you're lifting. Like, totally. You're not going to start from eating fast food and sitting on the couch to doing CrossFit and, yeah. you know. Or committing yourself to a gym or anything like that. Like, I couldn't afford it at the time, yeah. you know. No time, no money. Yes. Because I couldn't afford to, you know, put Nina on a daycare mm -hmm. and me going to the gym. So, the me, me the, the most, the easiest thing to do at that time and the cheapest and physically, in my head, the only one that I could accomplish was going for a walk. Mm -hmm. So put I was her like, in the stroller. Yes, and I put her on the stroller. I would carry her sometimes on the mm -hmm. because it was still very little. Mm -hmm. So I would carry her with me, or I would put put her in the stroller, and I would drop the kids in the bus. So I would get my walk first thing 
in the morning. Like, mm-hmm. I would take care of my kids, put them on the bus, and then I would take Nina with me. Mm-hmm. And we would come too, because eventually, well, eventually, it didn't take him more than two weeks to start joining me with uh, with the products and with the mm-hmm. program of like losing the weight, because at the end, he, he also could use some extra less pounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, it was like, um, it became a routine, that mm-hmm. walk in the morning, you know, before even starting your day. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. We, we just put the kids on the bus. We're still, I mean, wearing sweatpants mm-hmm. and going for a walk. And mm-hmm. then after a walk, everything, everything else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that became number, I would say number one, the, the nutrition, of course, and number two, the, the exercise. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, again, almost 35 pounds less, you become more... Uh, capable of doing other things mm-hmm. and what happened is that we start hitting the months of February where here it gets very very super cold mm-hmm. so the walks in the morning with Nina being so little were tough mm-hmm. that's where we start hitting you know the minus the zeros mm-hmm. in the in the in the thermometer so it was like no way so mm-hmm. we start doing workouts in the house and you know lifting weights and and starting with those barbies that at the beginning I, I don't know how I did them, <laughs> but barbies, yes. And 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 we start slowly building that habit of working out in the house, the two of us, and mm-hmm. we were doing the kitchen at the beginning, and it was so. So I mean, it was so powerful because mm-hmm. it was the two of us pushing each other, mm-hmm. you know, with no. Um, with little, very little, I mean, we have mm-hmm. no weights maybe at the beginning, or maybe we got some, but I mean, it was like the commitment of building ourselves mm-hmm. from zero. Do you think that it helped your relationship? Yeah, totally. I mean, mm-hmm. if you like yourself better, you want to like the other person better. I mean, everything yeah. is so much better. And, and I guess that joining both of us that journey of same path of like, not and by this I want you to understand, and you know it, that we didn't become obsessed with eating clean and organic. No, no, no. We just eat better yes. and nourish our bodies better. Slow. Slow, but enjoying the process. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we now we are like super tired. No, yeah. no, 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 no. And because we were in the same page, everything was so much easier. Like yeah. everything seemed like, you know, not not easier, but at the same time, I mean, when those difficult times will come. Or like, oh, oh yeah. the other one was there saying, no, come on, you can do this yeah. for a workout or like, uh, I don't think that that's really happy. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Slowly taking yeah. away the soda mm-hmm. or slowly eating out less. Well, the soda, I give it up 100% at the beginning. That's 100%. Awesome. I was up to four sodas per day, four cans, wow. maybe five. Wow. And... Again, at that time, I didn't think of, oh, that money and spending on the Cokes. Because you just thought that was food. Exactly. It was a normal expense. Exactly. But then I like, I eliminated that expense and I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm cutting that off mm-hmm. because that is not going to help me with this. Right. And I cut it off 100%. That, like, no more and no more. Right. So what's an example of, so this is an eight-year journey. So give me an example of what you're morning routine is of taking care of yourself now it's been like this for a while but um um we because of those workouts that we start doing Mm -hmm. became more and more 
like we wanted to push ourselves more because yeah. again now we can now we yeah. have built the strength and endurance one step at a time yeah exactly so we this has been a journey yes and in that journey we have been incorporating uh, workouts that require from us more a little bit more time now again we don't work out more than 40 minutes per day mm -hmm. monday to friday but the commitment start like let's start with that first thing of the day so mm -hmm. we get up since the last i don't know i want to say five and a half years mm -hmm. going into six mm -hmm. at five o'clock in the morning and we'll get a workout done first thing in the morning okay um, do you so, do your tea before or after yes we do it before we do our tea okay uh, we do we do the tea or we do the prepare you know we do some of the products that we have but then uh we enjoy our reveal and then we go on the kids and we do mm -hmm. uh you know the the whole parenting thing before going to school with them do you do you have any other rituals that you do in the morning as far as like any personal development or journal work or anything that you do in the first thing in the morning first thing in the morning no because i woke up at five mm -hmm. uh, i used to have for a while mm -hmm. but again my our routine has changed and accommodate it morphs where you're at with your kids as, uh, with my kids and with all this uh, pandemic yeah uh imagine march 16 uh, all the gyms shut down, mm -hmm. uh, not just here in the U.S., everywhere. So mm -hmm. the people that are helping their fitness goals also were like, no gym, no nothing. So I'm like, okay, let's jump on Zoom. Yeah. You know, it's noon where you are or it's 11 a.m. I connect on my Zoom. I open my camera and I work out with you. So mm -hmm. we committed to that. Mm -hmm. We are committed 100% to that. So because of that commitment that we have with our team, with the people that we help, uh, we made that a priority every day, no excuses, and then the kids, and then I do my personal development and my, you know, my, my affirmations. Okay. And then I go on with my day. So what personal development are you into right now? Do you like audios or a book you're reading or? Usually hear Jim Trong and Mark Hughes mm -hmm. pretty much every day, like around 20 minutes or something mm -hmm. like that. And then I do my affirmations. Okay. I, I'm reading a, a book, the one that you recommended, the, the talk with the, the, evil, the evil, evils. Outwitting uh, the devil? Yes. Yes. Uh, so I'm into that right now, but I have to admit that I'm very, um, I have to be better at reading because especially, because my, my problem is that I, Go, I wait for to go to bed to do my reading. You're and tired. I fall asleep. Yeah, me too. That's why I like the audios. Yes. Especially how much we're driving around and yeah. stuff. So, what is your affirmation process? Do you write them? Do you read them? What is? I write them. If someone doesn't know what affirmations are, what is it? So there are positive thoughts um, about yourself, about goals that you have. Like they will be present and mm -hmm. part of like what you are and what you have. It's not like it's not wishes. Our wishes, but I mean talking present time. Yes. And affirmations of you know I am, I am happy and healthy and strong and capable and doing it, and helping hundred people. Yeah. <laughs> All those. And even in the, the best time. thing about affirmations too, if you're listening to this and you're like I don't know how to start doing that, most of the time when you start doing affirmations, you don't, you might not even believe them yet. Yes. I. It's funny because the other day I was taught, I was asked to make a video about the visual board, uh -huh. the dream board. Yes. So I have to train about what is that, you know? Yes. Um, so 
So yeah, tell them, what is a dream board? A dream board is the graphical representation of your goals, not for just the present, but for like mid long term yes. goals, you know, yeah. and the graphical representation. So I remember before I came into this world of like the personal development thing and everything like that, I was a very skeptical person. I mean, when, when I was talking about this, I was like, what the heck are you talking about? Yeah. But then you read about it and there was one book that really opened my mind to that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose to try this. And I started with the informations and the dream board mm -hmm. and all that. And it's because we have the most powerful tool within ourselves and it's our mind yes. you know and our mind you know the, the 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 power of our mind and the power of our thoughts and the power of our thoughts you know engines and turn us on the engine of our actions of our relationships of, mm -hmm. of everything so if you talk yourself and you write those things and those affirmations and you visualize those things into that war i mean it's like you know they can show um, yeah i've seen it <laughs> and um, unfortunately, especially with women, it's like how many times a day before, so like nine years ago, did you look in the mirror and say, I'm so ugly mm -hmm. or I'm so fat or like so many women are saying that every day. So mm -hmm. then that's what you're believing about yourself. Mm -hmm. So like an example of affirmations is every day waking up and looking in the mirror and it's uncomfortable, but it's like no one's going to see you doing this. So if you feel uncomfortable, like you're just within yourself. And if you're around other people and you're like, oh my gosh, like you said, skeptical or that's weird. That's fine. You can feel that way, but just try it. Even if you're laughing at yourself in the beginning. Because I like, you're like awkward with yourself in the mirror sometimes. But if you start the process of every day telling yourself that you're beautiful or like I am beautiful. I look for great things in my life. I look for opportunity I am kind. I always say I'm slow to anger because I used to be a really angry person. Mm -hmm. So I am slow to anger. It's like these cheesy things, quote unquote, but they actually make a huge difference. And everyone that listens to this knows like how big of like a reader I am. We're sitting in her office and I'm looking at all these books. Like the top one says, make your bed, mm -hmm. you know, and then Jim Rohn, this uh, seven strategies for wealth and happiness. I can't speak Spanish with that, Sandra. <laughs> Everything can be trained. Yes, rich dad, poor dad. It's like this, the habits of successful people. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that you are struggling financially and mentally and then you fix your health, start reading, start exercising, start working on yourself, start making yourself a priority and not only does your life, quality of life get better, but your financial situation and success and like whole life success. I interviewed with, they heard it a few weeks ago, but um, talking about that, keeping the whole spectrum of your health and your body and your relationship and your relationship with your God and all of the, these things. Once you start this one area, like you just started losing weight and it trickle, like everything affects everything. Yeah. It's, it's a big break into that construction. I think it's the basic one. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have yourself, you have nothing. Mm -hmm. You know? So I think that, that, and that is the most important. The most important thing is the basic thing, but it's also the thing that you can change. Yes. You can change you. You can change your thoughts. You can change the way that you look. You can change your habits. And it starts by habits. Yeah. I, I'm going to say that it was easy to build those habits. No, it wasn't easy, but it was something that I commit to it and doing it every day, it became a habit. And something interesting to me is you didn't 
this is a key. You didn't wake up and say, my whole life is different now. You woke up and said, I'm not drinking pop anymore and I'm going to have a shake. And then when that became normal, you said, we're going to take a walk every day. Mm-hmm. I think so many times people want to change their entire life in one day and it's not, you're too overwhelmed and you're too stressed. It's not going to happen. No. And you also said, which I think is so powerful, like we talked about seeing so many moms completely lose themselves and their children. Yeah. And obviously, you and I both think being a mom is the you, greatest you said, thing you ever. You said to me earlier, I was like, wow, I, wish, I was like, that's perfect. You said, being a mom is one of the most important things in my life, but it is not the only thing. Definitely. Not the only thing that I am. Yeah, the same way that I'm being alive is awesome, but it's not the only thing that I am. I am many, many things, and that's that's the ability and the power that we as women we have. You know, we can wear many hats, and yeah. all of them look amazing, and we can do amazing with all of them. But at the same time, you know, the most important one is the person who is under the hat, and it's you. Yeah. And that's the one that you know needs to, you know. And you're not serving anybody. You're not serving them if Mm -hmm. you're losing yourself for them. Mm -hmm. Like, I hear so many women tell me they feel guilty about going to the gym because they're taking time away from their kids or their family or anything like that. Like, what would you speak to those people that feel, like, guilty for taking care of themselves? I mean, I, I, I I, I would not see any guilt because at the same, I mean... First of all, you're taking care of yourself to be a better person in order to be with those people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If the mom who is going to be playing with their kids is going to be frustrated. Also, it can be a lot of workout to be working, to be playing with your, your yeah. toddlers, you know? That. Yeah. But, I mean, the guiltiness of, like, going to work out is time that you take. I mean, I think that everything can come in conjunction in life and find that equilibrium that works for you. But feel guilty about taking care of yourself? I don't know. And another interesting conversation is people that may feel guilty. Like, I think every single mom and every single woman has a different, like, desire inside of them. So, for example, I I see a lot of people feel guilty, like, if they want to work or if they want to have a job. And you said to me, like, my mom was such a great mom and she wasn't there 24 so. Yeah. Yeah, my mom, I mean, I, I remember my childhood was like coming to coming home from school and my mom was not, was not always there. I mean, my father was running this business and my mom would help sometimes mm-hmm. and my mom wasn't there. It was my grandmother at the time, but nowadays would be, you know, a babysitter or something like that, you know, but mm-hmm. it's, still it's like you're making those sacrifices, you know, to go to work and, and, and put extra hours or, you know, time away from meetings and, 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 you know, events, but it's not time that you, you're sacrificing, you're paying the price to, for a better life. For yeah. that. I mean, that's the, the way that I always look at it. I'm like, you know. And you said to me earlier, they're watching you work hard. Exactly. I think that kids that, because I, I remember that from my parents, you know, I will not take for granted all the sacrifices that they have made for me in life, for Mm -hmm. me to be able to study a lot, to be able to travel, to be able to dress nice clothes, the same way that my kids not take for granted the life that we live today, because they have seen me, 
leaving on a Saturday, drive two hours and being away from the entire day to go to a training. Absolutely. You know, or they have seen me going for, you know, an event in the other side in Europe and, and, and knowing that mom is doing this because of you guys. Yeah, but the rest they of the correlate. Time, they correlate that to you being here to take them to school every day. Exactly. And they correlate that to your amazing vacation to Hawaii. Exactly. And I, like I said, every mom has a different desire in their heart. So there are people who are so passionate and they want to be stay-at-home moms. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like either way that you decide, like you have to know what is going to make you the most happy because that's going to serve them. Because I had a little bit of guilt because when I started the business... One of my biggest drives, like my dream was I want to be able to stay at home with my kids and also make money because I knew that I wanted to work, but I also wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. So when I had Ari, I kept him home for like 18 months or whatever. And because of the freedom of our business and the income, I could be a stay-at-home mom, but I was not happy being a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, because you were meant for something else beyond being a mom, not just being a mom. But I dealt with guilt because of that because I thought... If I have the money to stay at home and I can, why wouldn't I do that when that was like one of my biggest things? But you, I think you have, I overcame that. I don't feel any guilt for being a working mom anymore. And I just, anyone that's listening to this, whether you're a stay at home mom or a working mom, there's guilt and stress and struggle for both, for either way. Um, Like you can feel guilty for not working or you can feel guilty for whatever. But I just think that that guilt doesn't serve anybody because I am so much a better version of myself sitting here recording this podcast with you or working and Ari being at a babysitter for, you know, during the day through the week or whatever or or preschool. I'm such a better mom when I have that time and I'm working because me being a stay-at-home mom by the time he was almost, he was 18 months I was like losing my mind. I couldn't do it. I couldn't just be home 24 hours a day. My personality and the desires on me, it's not who I am. And I thought I was that person. So I'm almost like giving people permission to change that. Like if you need to get out and go do something. But I think that because of that, I mean, you have different personalities and all of them are okay. Maybe you have moms that want to do that and Mm -hmm. they can't. And that is a problem yes. when they want to do it and they cannot do mm-hmm. it because they have to go to work because of money. Exactly because yeah. of money, and that is so sad, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you have others like you or myself who need to feel accomplished. They find We're their own people, men, mm-hmm. not just being a mom. Yeah. And I'm not saying just being a mom in a de- de- decorative or negative way. Not at all. I mean, what makes you happy? What yeah. makes you happy to you doesn't make you happy to. Maria, who maybe wants to stay home 24 hours 7 with, with their kids, you yes. know, with her kids. And both of them are fine. To me, what is saddens me is the mom, like I was, where like I, I had Nina, I was home, I was doing a job that I did not like. Mm-hmm. I, I was hating it. I didn't feel accomplished. I didn't feel fulfilled. I feel I anxi- with anxiety, with depression, with sadness of like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is not. This is not making me happy. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So, then again, the power of change it. Change Find it. something else. Yes. You know. And, you have that. You idea. have that power inside of you. No matter yeah. what the way is, even if you don't know the way, mm-hmm. there's a different way than what you're doing. Mm-hmm. 
for sure definitely so and the same way with the mom who like us you know they want to do that and they go and find a way and, mm -hmm. it's, and it's totally fine you know for me the happiness of the individual at the end you have to feel happy with what you're doing and what you're doing with your life if it's being a mom 24-7 and stay home with your kid, that's fine. That's totally fine. But at the same time, those kids grow. Yes. I was <laughs> going to say, someone said to me, your son is with you for 18 summers and then you have a whole rest of your life. So if you completely lose yourself. 18 summers and then it's like, you know, I don't know in your case, but I mean, in my case, I have a eight-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 17-year-old. And the two older ones, my two no more babies anymore. <laughs> I mean, th those are kids who, yes, they, they want, they want, by choice, they don't want to hang with mom and dad. Of course. You know what I mean? Like any other teenager. Once they're 15, 16. I will, and I cannot blame it because I was that way. So imagine me giving all my, all my life, all these 17 years to my kids, and then I don't have purpose I don't and now have, what and now what mm -hmm. so that's why I think that it's really important to never let go of yourself never. and it doesn't have to be a job it could be playing piano or or writing or something like what do you enjoy doing because we get it because it is when you're when you have young kids I only have one and mm -hmm. it's when you have a young child your day is like like, you are busy, mm -hmm. so it's really easy to n not make yourself a priority. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this conversation, you have to, like, fight to keep that. Like, you have to fight to keep your health and your nutrition, and you have to fight to, like, do something for yourself. Like, if it is going on a walk, or if it is continuing to paint, or do whatever it is that makes you who you are, you have to fight for that in the midst of all your responsibilities. One thing that I have uh, changed, especially after the pandemic and all that, like after the pandemic, I mean, during the pandemic, but now that, you know, we're going back into the rhythm of what whatever normal is nowadays, right? Yeah. Um, as soon as the kids started school, I was like, okay, my new rhythm is to be ready before they get up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so by 7 a.m., I am out of my workout clothes, I'm sour, I'm ready, I have my hair, my perfume my earrings my rings and i'm ready to go and then my kids yeah because before i would i would take care of everybody mm -hmm. after my workout and everything and i would find myself at noon or at 11 after i do my personal information and i still work out clothes and i'm like well, well nah, 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 nah. this has to change mm -hmm. it's you before and don't feel guilty about it i heard this from rachel hollis have you ever read any of her books mm -hmm. before she said i have listened to her podcast. Yeah. podcast. Yeah. So she said uh, the best ex visual example is like a glass vase. And if there's, if you have a, it's filled with water and you're constantly tipping it, trying to like your kids and your husband and your work and whatever, it's going to shatter. Mm -hmm. And then she said, but if you just have the vase stand and which basically represents you taking care of yourself. So someone starts filling it with working out and your affirmations and your health and like painting or whatever it is eventually that water overflows Close. into everybody else and you don't have to tip yourself back and forth constantly and shatter yourself to take care of everybody else mm -hmm. and I think that that is such like a good representation of what everything you just said mm -hmm. totally 
This was great. Mm-hmm. Is there any last thing you have to tell the women listening? Um, I'm sure men struggle with a little bit of this, but I think the constant overthinking and the need to take care of everybody and the the way that our brain never they, shuts yeah. off as a woman. Yeah. I mean, some men do too, but I mean, mainly women, we tend to be really hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Really... We always, uh, you know, demand and expect so much of ourselves. And other people expect that same things too, you know what I mean? Yeah. Have those expectations about, you know, finding the right one and getting married and the kids and you looking great. about gray. the birthday party. Yeah, and looking great and have the amazing baby shower and the amazing bridals. Everything has to be great. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we have all these expectations in life we as women that you know makes it really especially hard on us mm-hmm. and we don't have to be hard on us on ourselves we have to take care of ourselves because mm-hmm. we might be the only people that day that tell us how great we're doing mm-hmm. yeah. you know and that pat in the back yeah it feels really good especially i mean if you you do it to yourself and you go you wake up with intention and go to bed with um i it comes to me in Spanish way. Satisfaction. Satisfaction, yes. You know, and, and that happiness, that feeling of happiness, of of accomplishment, of, you know, feeling proud that you What's the Spanish way to say it? Uh, te levantas con intención y te acuestas con satisfacción. <laughs> Which is, you know, satisfaction, the feeling proud and feeling that you made that day the best that you could do for yourself and for others. But start with yourself. This yeah. is great. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you, Georgie. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Sandra. She is so intelligent, so much wisdom and love pouring out of her. So I'm so grateful for her time and sharing with us. And I hope that you found value in this conversation. Again, if you did, I just want to thank you for being a listener. This means a lot to me. It is my passion project and sharing perspectives and conversations with people brings me so much joy. So if you did enjoy it and it is helping you, any feedback I love and sharing the podcast for other people to enjoy means the world to me. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next Tuesday.